What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dot in the Eye with Davidson Chad, and it is Sparty Week. That's right, this Saturday, Ohio State versus Michigan in the shoe, 7.30 p.m. on NBC, Ohio State favored by 31 and a half. But, Davis, is your level of excitement uh, going forward here for this Saturday night uh, night game? Actually, believe it or not, I do have pretty good excitement. Uh, it's a night game, which is weird for November. I know that was one of the things we were looking into going into the season. Like, it's a weird late-in-the-season night game at home. But uh, we get to bust out the alternate jerseys this year. And it's the all-grays. And I'll be honest, from every picture I've seen, dude, they look sweet. And I'm not a humongous alternate fan, you know, alternate jersey fan. Uh, I do like the all-blacks, but this all-gray looks sweet. Um, and the other thing, too, it's it's just weird. Normally, Michigan State's kind of a nervy game every year. But over the last handful of years, I mean, you know, it's not been much of a game. And being favored by thir- over 31 points, like Michigan State's just down bad. So I'm hopefully looking forward to this offense trying to find a few things this weekend and actually see some things click. See, I don't know. This is one of those tough games to call. And I think um, that's why we had such a hard time with the profits this week as well, because, you know, this game could go one of two ways. Either we come in there and everybody plays like they're supposed to and we blow this team out of the water and we do everything we're supposed to do. Or the starters are only in for three quarters. You know what I mean? It it could go either way. We just don't know. And that's why it's so hard on a game like this to to make profits, because you just don't know how many people are really going to see time. That's true. And. I will at least tell you this before we kind of really break it down is if we end up struggling and just pulling out like a 14, barely a 20 point win against this team, red flags. And I think red flags are already kind of sailing a little bit for this offense. But if we if we see us continuing to just look not very good, especially against Michigan State this year, then, I mean, we might be the worst unbeaten team in the country, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, dude. Michigan State, if you don't know out there, is three and six. They have one Big Ten win that they just got last weekend versus Nebraska. That's their first Big Ten win this year. On top of that, they're not even inside the top 110 for their offense. And they're not and they're barely inside the top 75 on defense. So just an overall abysmal team, dude. You know, if we have trouble with this team, like you said, I think we need to pack it up and go home. Yeah, they had a bunch of uh, players that are quality players jump ship and go in the transfer portal at the end of last year. Obviously, you have uh, their head coach got fired early this year for touching himself while talking on the phone to a rape victim. Now, listen, (laughs) dude. Allegedly. No, it's not. It's past (laughs) allegedly. He admitted it. He admitted his him and his wife had an open relationship, so he was touching himself. Oh, man. It happened. What is it about that in, in, in East Lansing, dude? Everybody, it's always a sexual scandal. Well, what is it about Michigan in general? That entire state, I mean, apparently they have nothing else to do but, like, sexually do stuff to other, I don't even know what the hell so they So you think they wake there. up and they're like, like the alarm clock rings are like, <sighs> I think I'll expose myself. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> yeah. They had a dream uh, and they just never came out of it. And they're just like living the dream up there, I guess. <laughs> oh, all right, man. Well, uh, you know, let's break down this game a little bit, dude. What do you expect to see offensively from Ohio State uh, in terms of uh, yardage? And uh, what, what kind of performance do you expect to see from Kyle McCord? 
Well, I I do think Michigan State has a decent defense. I don't think it's good, but I'm not going to say they're just going to be some massive pushover. Um, I think they're obviously worse than the defense we face against Rutgers, which is interesting to say, and worse against the defense against Wisconsin and Purdue. So really, I'm seeing this more along the lines of if you go all the way back to the Purdue game we played, um, I think it should be a similar game like that. Um, I think Kyle McCord... uh, We'll have a statistically good day, in my opinion. Um, I think hopefully he'll get out to a better start than he has been. Uh, but again, I don't know how much of that is him improving uh, as as much as it is the opponent that we're playing. Uh, I do think that he has enough games under his belt now that, you know, he's going to, you know, start making some changes. But I, I've already said this in past episodes, and you agree. Like, I feel like we've seen Kyle's ceiling for the most part. I don't know how much better he can get. Um, I mean, that's probably not a fair statement. I mean, he could get better. Do I think he'll get better? No. He also um, could grow a third arm from his ass, but it's probably not going to happen. Exactly. So I think Kyle's going to have a solid day. I think overall in general, this offense is going to have a solid day. Um, I think we're finally going to get over the 40-point threshold for the first time in a handful of games. Um, I think Travion Henderson uh, is going to run rampant again. I think he's just the hottest player on our offense right now. And I think Kyle's going to be able to finally distribute the ball around a little bit more. I don't think he has to just solely focus on uh, Marv the entire game, even though I think Marv's going to get his. Um, I'm expecting, you know, a pretty decent performance from the offense. I mean, you're in your alternate unis. uh, You're probably the last night game at home for a handful of these players. And, you know, it's just something to get up for. And Michigan State is not a team I don't think you ever overlook. Even though they're down bad this year, that's still a big enough opponent, and it's been a uh, a team that's been a thorn in our side over the last handful of uh, not that last handful of years, but you know in recent history that I don't think they're going to overlook it. So I'm anticipating, you know, it, it may not look like it has in years past, but I think it's going to look a lot better than it has the last three weeks. Well, I call this a false hope game. Uh, we come off a game where we're kind of disappointed with the performance. We go into an absolute cupcake game. What Stats will probably look great. Everybody will probably be balling on Saturday. But, you know what I mean? I call it a false hope game. Like I said, it doesn't matter, dude. I think everybody can agree. Right now, we're on a crash course to meet the team up north. It just kind of is what it is. Um, I hope that we can do some things fundamentally and play calling wise uh, in the next few weeks to tune up for that game. But I think realistically, nobody... Um, you know, expects that we're going to have trouble with either one of these games, the next two games versus uh, Michigan State and Minnesota uh, before we end up taking on the team up north. So uh, unfortunately, I think we're headed for that crash course. I just don't want people to get false hope and think that all of a sudden everything's solved this week because Kyle McCord throws for 400 yards. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think Kyle's going to throw for 400. but I mean, he I think may, he, dude. Michigan State is really bad. I think you're giving him a lot more credit than you probably uh, I'm not saying they're good at all. I'm just saying the better part of Michigan State's team is the defense. I'm um, going to put it this way. There's almost no one in the Big Ten I don't take over them. <laughs> that's true. No, I'm, I, I agree. And honestly, them beating Nebraska last week was actually a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um. So – I I agree with you. I mean, this is a false hope game in regards to all of a sudden you're going to see this massive improvement and everyone's going to be like, oh, well, Kyle McCord is 
you know, he, he he's figured the stuff out. Like, that's going to happen against this team. That might happen next week against Minnesota as well. Like, you're right. We're on a crash course with uh, Michigan at the end of the year. And I'll be perfectly honest, and I know we have difference of opinion on this, but I'd rather Michigan just go ahead and take care of business this weekend. So it's mano y mano at the end of the year. Um, I know Let's that just hope you, nobody exposes themselves in Ann Arbor. Yeah, but I mean, we're, we're not we're not going to really talk about Michigan and Penn State this weekend. I mean, we might mention it here in the second part of this episode on what we think might actually happen. But, you know, I guess personally, I'd rather than just take care of business. So it's another unbeaten against unbeaten matchup at the end of the year. Um, so, But let, let's kind of focus on the defensive side of the ball, because I think we're in agreement that this offense is going to look better just because of the opponent. And I think we're starting to get a little more healthy on offense, get some key pieces back. Um, But defensively, you know, we're, we're still unsure about a few key positions. We don't know any word about Lathan Ransom. Uh, we don't really know yet about Denzel Burke. Uh, I assume from what I've heard, Josh Proctor should be back. Um, but we're also going to be facing a Michigan State team that, like you had mentioned earlier, is outside the 100 in offense this year. They're garbage. They're hot garbage. And Michigan beat them 49-0. And to be perfectly honest, I feel, I feel like that's kind of the standard that we have to continue to set when we play against them this weekend. Uh, I think anything short of something close to that 49 to nothing range is going to look like a failure. Now, am I anticipating this uh, that our defense will step up and keep Michigan State to probably under 14 points in this game? I do. Uh, I think anything under 14 points is still going to be a victory. Um, but stranger things have happened sometimes. Well, uh, you know, then that's where we get into the thing that I was talking about. How much are these guys going to play? Because I got to be honest with you, if Burke is not 100 percent or if he, he's even remotely banged up, I don't want him in there. Same with Proctor. I, I agree with that. I, now, I think Proctor's fine. I think his he was held out last week for more precautionary reasons, maybe slight concussed. But I'm not as worried anymore about the Denzel Burke being out. Now, do I want Denzel Burke on the field? Yes. But I think Gary Matthews Jr. has shown that he can fill in that role great. The biggest hole for me is Lathan Ransom. And I think that what they did, what you saw last week, is they kept Jordan Hancock on the field and they kind of moved Sonny Styles back to that free safety role. And I don't think that's Sonny's forte. Um, I think he's better more in the box. I think he can manage it, but he's not Lethan Ransom flying around in the backfield. Um, so he's terrible in coverage. I, I don't like him in coverage. Well, he, at all. he's still young. He's still learning that role. I think he can be that guy. But that worries me, and I think these next two weeks are going to be good if we know Lathan's going to be out for a long-term period of time to continue to get him some more reps in that position so that way he can be more comfortable. But I really hope Lathan can find a way to get back uh, for that Michigan game. Well, I'll but put it I'm, this way. I mean, I know that the young guys are stepping up and they're doing things, but, I mean, who are we playing? We're playing Rutgers? You know what I mean? We're playing Michigan State. We're playing Minnesota. But I, I really think that experience would shine through in a game like Michigan or a game, you know, a CFP playoff game. So in that case, dude, I don't want these young guys on the field. I want I want the experience. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I, I'm 50 50. I, I, I want the guys on the field that are going to do the job. But it also, you know, we don't know when the next guy's going to go down. So the more experience that we can continue to give these younger players the, the better chance we're going to have that if we have to put them in in a key role that they're going to produce. So, you know, I'm all about getting some players and I'm expecting, 
you know, a handful of players to play in this game. Um, my prediction is that we do take care of business pretty early on, and you're going to see a lot of backups in this game. That's why you'll see in one of my prop bets that, you know, I think even at quarterback, you know, we're going to be able to see a little bit more of, especially since I, I from what I've read and what I've seen, um, Devin Brown is back to practicing again. So I expect to see him in the game, uh, at least, maybe even in spot, not just in spot duty and cleanup, but also possibly back in the red zone again. So, you know, I, I would like to see more players get, continue to get some more reps and more experience and try to be as full force as we can coming down the home stretch. I mean, you know, you may be right. I mean, I, I you know, that that it sounds plausible that could happen. I mean, I, and I do like getting uh, the players some some reps that they need to get. But, um, you know, I've got to be honest with you, dude. They haven't started fast yet this year. Ohio State. And until they do, dude, I'm sorry that, you know, truth be damned, nine years into or nine years. Yeah. Nine years into the season, nine <laughs> games into the season. They fooled me. They fooled me so many times that I, I'm I'm just scorned. So I'm going to go against them until they do it. I've told you that we talked about it after the prop bets last week. I'm so pissed off. I'm tired of thinking that this is going to be a breakout week. This is going to be the week. This is going to be week. And it just never happens. So until until they prove me wrong, dude, I am not betting on them that way again. I don't blame you, and there's a part of me, too, that is expecting for some odd reason for this to be like a halftime score of like 14 to 7 or 14 oh, to God, 10. Oh, God, I can almost guarantee you we go three and out on the first drive. Yeah, I mean, it's just we do not come out of the gate at all on fire. And, you know, it would be nice to see us come down and score on that first – on the not just the first drive, but the first couple and just come out on fire, you know? And you're right. We have not seen that this year. And, you know, this is really I hate continuing to compare them, but this is so much like the 2002 season, because all we're doing is grinding through all these games. Even the teams that we should be blowing out, they still feel like it's a grind fest. But then we play the better teams and we're still grinding those ones out as well. So it's like nothing's really been super comfortable this year. And to be perfectly honest, you know, I mean, that that last three game stretch was not easy. So hopefully coming back home and playing a lesser opponent is going to give ourselves some a bit of confidence and to play well and to play fast and to come out quick and to kind of get some momentum going for the next few weeks. So that's kind of what I'm what I'm anticipating to happen uh, this weekend. Okay, well. Let's put it this way. I mean, we got another half. We want to talk about Michigan. Do we want to go uh, prop bets and scores now, or do you want yeah, to wait let's, till the end? Yeah, let's go ahead and do scores and prop bets now. Okay. So uh, prop bets and then scores. Okay, prop bets. Um, so where we're at on our yearly total right now is I am up fifteen to twelve. I believe is the number, something like that. I know I'm up three. Um, I had a big stretch there where I went like three straight weeks of three and oh, three and oh, three and oh, and I caught up and took the lead and I just went two and one. Actually, you went two and one last week to get it back down to three. It was at five. So we only have three weeks left. So let's say that you sweep this week, dude, we're tied with two weeks to go. I mean, anything can still happen. Um, I just hope it comes down to the Michigan game. That would I, I really do feel like it's going to come down to the Michigan game this year. Now, last year, I think it was over with like two weeks to go, and you just threw in threw the white towel in. I so know. 
I, I really do think it'll come down. And I feel like I took some riskier ones this week. So, you know, I kind of went out on a limb a little bit, uh, kind of went against, you know, some of the things that we've seen. But well, I kind of hope you fall off the limb because I need some help. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You do. Well, the problem, the reason why that you had such that bad stretch is you continue to bet on Kyle McCord. And I was listen, like, mm, not doing it. Listen, not dude. doing it. And that's why you won't see a Kyle McCord prop bet in this week, because Chad said last week, you you bring me another Kyle McCord prop bet and I'm not taking it. No. Not taking it. No, it, it's painful, dude. So I appreciate you rubbing my face in it. <laughs> As always, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> so, uh, Ohio State first half points. This is the first time we've ever had a prop bet like this. Ohio State's first half points, and I set it at 20 and a half. I have no idea what it is online. I just have a gut feeling they might start out a little hotter this week. Chad's going with the grain. So, Chad says under 20 and a half first half points. I say over. So, if we can get three touchdowns in the first half, I will win that prop bet. And that will be the first prop bet that we can ever wrap up after the first half, I think. At least definitively. Yeah. Um, next one is, will a an Ohio State quarterback, other than Kyle McCord, score a touchdown, whether it's rushing or passing in this game? And I said yes, just because I think the offense will play well. Uh, I think Devin Brown might be a little more healthy. I think he might come more uh, come in in more um, specific situations and especially possibly in cleanup duty. So I'm going to go out on the limb and say yes, a quarterback other than McCord does register a touchdown in this game. Chad says no. And then finally, Abuka. Now that he's back healthy, will he have a touchdown? I say yes. Chad says no. So those are our three pop bets for the Michigan State game. And I will let you go first. What is your – pardon me. <clears throat> what is your score prediction for uh, Ohio State-Michigan State? You know, I – as much as I want to be like, we're going to blow the doors off them, I've been wrong every week. I keep saying we're going to. So I'm going to go a little bit more conservative this week. Um, based on the fact that they uh, have given me no reason to not. Um, so this week, I am going to go 38-10 Buckeyes. Now, you know the spread's 31 and a half. And the funny yeah. thing is you told me that, and then we were thinking of prop bets. I asked if you if we covered the spread, and you said yes. Well, but I thought about it. I don't, I don't, I don't really think so. I, I really don't think we score 40 points. If we do, it's going to be barely. I really do. I really think it's going to be – it may be 42-10 or 42-13. Um, but I think I'm going to go 38-10. I don't completely disagree with you. You know, it's funny when you go back and look at some of the similar opponents, with the exception of Indiana. If you look at the similar opponents that Michigan and Ohio State has played so far, um, they've been very similar. I mean, we beat Purdue worse than they beat Purdue, but it was 41 points for both of us. We gave up seven, they gave up 13. Rutgers, we beat them 35-16, they beat them 31-7. I mean, very similar. Well, I is, just want to reiterate, this may not exactly be what I think is going to happen. This is all in the spirit of me trying to win bets. I, I understand <laughs> that. But what I'm saying is it's funny how bad we've given Ohio State's offense crap for. But yet in some of these similar games with similar opponents and we've played these opponents on the road uh, and Michigan played them at home. And yet they've been very similar results. They have so, also their starters haven't been playing four quarters. So. Read a book, John. No, that's true. No, go back and look at the Rutgers game. Well, maybe one game. I'm just saying a lot of their games. they Go didn't back and look at the – I'm telling you, they had J.J. McCarthy playing in the fourth quarter. I mean, I've I didn't seen this. Say I've J.J. Seen, McCarthy. I said they didn't have a lot of their starters playing in the fourth quarter. Why put J.J. McCarthy out there and put him in with backups with a risk for him to get hurt? 
I'm just if, saying if that's if a fact. Playing, you don't stars are playing. I know, but that's a fact. You don't. You don't. That's like that's not an opinion. That's actually happened. I read that already. <laughs> so that's, well, I'm not like arguing with you on it. I'm reading it right I'm here. Just telling you. I mean, <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of people that argued the same thing online, and then people showed them screenshot proof. Oh, JJ McCarthy attempted a pass with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter in the Rutgers game. So don't tell me this crap that uh, you know. Do you have everyone, anything other than the Rutgers game, or you just want to hang your hat on that? I'm just saying what I've seen. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, well, anyway, right now, what it, I'm going to do is, while we're doing this, I'm going to look it up to you right now, and I'm going to read it to you on sportsillustrated.com. Sports Illustrated, you trust them? October 28th, 2023. <laughs> Just go on ESPN and look at the play-by-play in the fourth quarter, and then you'll see if J.J. McCarthy's completing or incompleting passes in the fourth quarter, they were not pulled. I think you're doing it like a prop bet where you're like, if he stepped on the field in the fourth quarter, then he obviously played. So that well, counts. What? That's the I'm just whole saying he didn't play a lot. What he's playing. I'm just saying they haven't been playing a full. Anywho. All right. But yes. And that's a fair statement in the fact that even if they're playing, we're scoring late sometimes to get to that total. And they probably didn't score late to get to that total. But I digress. The whole point I'm trying to make is that, you know, against some of these similar opponents, they've been similar scores. But anywho, um, I'm anticipating something similar to what the Michigan-Michigan State game looked like. Um, I'm more along the lines of a 42-7. to 7. Um, I know they beat them 49 nothing. I don't think we'll do that. Um, but I'm seeing something more along the lines of 42-7. Okay. Actually, I kind of like it. I mean, it's it's in line with what I thought. And real quick, by the way, just so you know, uh, Michigan and Michigan starters didn't play in the fourth quarter in the first six games of the season. Just FYI. Well, six. I wouldn't have either if I played against the, the teams Hold on, that David. Michigan Hold on, real, real quick. Six. <laughs> what? Six. All right, let's move on. <laughs> so we have sat on our hands for the last three, four weeks. While this, I got a cushion. Yes. While this Michigan <laughs> issue has gone on, and I guarantee anyone listening has not been living under a rock, and they're aware because it's national news now, but Michigan has been caught red-handed cheating, and Connor Stallions, some low-level employee with Michigan, has been proven that he has been going on the road in games of future opponents in recording signs and has been seen on Michigan sidelines, especially one of the most obvious ones. If you saw the clip of the Ohio state Michigan game from last year, where you see him and all of a sudden CJ Stroud looks to the sideline and the second he gets the call, you see him in the background pointing up in the air. Like this is going to be a pass. They they've checked to a pass and basically long story short, Michigan has been illegally stealing signs and there's a whole ordeal going on right now. And I don't need to recap all the minute details. I'm sure everyone is aware. So I want to kind of pick your brain, Chad, and get your opinion on this since we haven't really spoke on this yet. And you can take it however which way you want it. But one of the focuses I want you to at least hit on is how do you think that has affected the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry in regards to the results of the last two years? Well, I, dude, I think that's a hard question to answer um, because not only, obviously, is it a lot easier to win the game when you know the signs of the other team, 
Um, but also things that uh, you don't think about that that causes, you know, the factor into winning ball games happens. Um, you know, when you do something like that, uh, that affects the crowd, that affects the momentum, uh, it affects the mental stability of the other team. I mean, you know, a lot of things can happen. You know, we've seen a million times you come out flat, you look like crap, and then something happens that changes the game around and you never look back. I mean, all those things factor into it. So uh, is it possible um, that we could have, you know, won a game? If if anything, it would have been last year uh, for me that I think it really would have affected us. Uh, the year before that, I don't think anything could have affected that game. I think it was just destiny. It was ready to happen, and they ran it down our freaking throat. Um I, I really don't think that any play calling would have changed that. We couldn't stop it even when we knew it was coming. But uh, last year definitely could have played a part in it. And um, I definitely think the dude has given him competitive advantage. And, uh, you know, it, it can't be denied, man. I mean, good God. I, and I was talking about this with a guy at work. And I was like, you know, how my question really is how prevalent is this? Like, I understand they're doing it to an extreme, but how prevalent is the actual act of taking the signs in college football? And he said, well, I know Ryan Day's not doing it because our defense was the worst in the country last year. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, that's a good point. Good point. You know what I mean? But uh, I definitely think it's going to have an effect on the game, man. What do you think? So this is a lot. Um, number one I'll hit on is how prevalent is this? And in regards to the actual act of the – illegality of what they did you know against the ncaa rules which is advanced scouting in person recording in season of future opponents we've never heard of this happening now when it comes to sign sharing um from what i've heard that that's actually a pretty common practice um which it isn't illegal which means you can i mean if you got buddies that are coaching at like a different college and it's they just got done playing an opponent and you can call them up and be like hey did you notice something hey is there any kind of you know information you can give us but before you, know, you go got, on what's the difference because that's what i'm not okay so that first of all that's something they've learned in game and even in game you're not fully like breaking down every single thing that you've learned. I mean, you know, that that's a common practice in game to sit there and try to break the signs down and try to try to get some sort of edge in game. And yeah, but here's my thing. So what's the difference here? Cause this is the question I really want you to answer before you go forward, because I read a bunch of stuff where like, you know, a lot of coaches will call and you know, you'll get some from here, but what, what, here's my question. What is the difference between scouting them by yourself, by sending someone to a game and doing them and compiling a bunch of them from different coaches who've already played them this year. I don't understand the difference. You're still getting the signs. Uh, you're getting a, po a portion of it, I believe. I don't think it's as in-depth, but you have to look at it this way, okay? And I'm going to pose the, the question back to you. If that's enough to give you the same advantage, then why the hell do you get Connor Stallions to go ahead and do what he did? Well, maybe if you're getting such an advantage, if you're getting such an advantage by just simply calling uh, other call other teams and getting I, I, they call it colluding. Well, because they don't have to give it to you. Maybe nobody's giving them to Harbaugh. I mean, like it's I, a buddy, buddy system. I'm it's not going like to say that's required. not possible, but I don't think there's just some big aspect of this. Like this isn't just something new. This is something that's been going on. 
uh, with with the Michigan program for at least since 2021 See, that we that we're aware of. When this happened, though, okay, this whole thing I thought it was so huge. I was like, man, that's huge. Like it could even be like death penalty ish uh, for for Michigan. But the more and more the stuff keeps coming out, dude, of what other schools are doing doing too. God, it seems like the whole thing's a rat. F- I mean, I really don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not 100% sure what really lines it crosses other than you're sending a guy to games to get the signs, but you're still getting the signs, and so is everybody else. So, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I don't I, know. I don't, think, I don't think it's like, okay, just because you talk to another team, all of a sudden you have every single sign, and you know who the sign caller is, and it's like you know every single play that's being called. I think they kind of can share some information, but nothing is fully broken down. I believe that there is definitely a better advantage – for what Michigan did than what is actually legal and what other teams have been doing for years. Well, I think there's obviously a reason why they continue to send Connor Stallions and why this is some humongous operation uh, that has been happening. And I mean, there's, there's even more layers to this that continue to be released every day. I mean, listen, I'm sure there is before we, when we get there, we'll talk about it. I still think there needs to be punishment given. We'll talk about that when it comes there. And I'm not saying that what Michigan did wasn't wrong. And honestly, I hope they disband the whole football program. But that's besides the point. What I'm just trying to understand for me is I need to see in writing what is the rule about coaches sharing with each other. Is there there a limit to it? There isn't one. Well, then I'm saying that I don't really know how how egregious that is. If you can get them from anybody as long as I understand what you're saying, but you're missing the point that I'm making. So if you're getting such good information from that and we have to assume everybody does it, including Michigan, you think there's some big thing that all of a sudden everyone's just shutting Michigan out a couple years ago. So then they decided to go this other route. I find that hard to believe. Well, then someone needs to tell me what information are you getting from the coaches? That's what that's all I'm asking. How much are you getting? I think it's a lot more broad. I don't think it's as simple as, hey, we're going to send you this entire sheet that we have that has every single thing broken down because they don't have those themselves. Because in a single game, first of all, you're not getting all these signs. You're you're only getting limited amount that's even called in that game. And you're only getting uh, – you're only probably breaking down a handful of those things because most of the time these teams won't call more than the same play twice in a game or a couple times a game. So realistically, well, are you, you know, just guessing that or did somebody say that? No, that's realistic. I mean, you don't see teams well, that are running guessing, the same. You don't know. Nobody's come out and said. Okay, yes. Am I, am I on the inside and I know for a fact no? But I have enough general knowledge about play calling don't in college football. Don't you think that needs to be answered? Well, I agree. I mean, it's a gray area, okay? And like any other program, once there's a gray area, you're going to try to push for as much advantage as you can possibly get. But if it's a gray area and it's not technically illegal, then everyone's going to take advantage of it, which has come out that a lot of teams do. But what is not in the gray area is exactly what Michigan did. And that is for sure – it says it in black and white writing, you cannot advance scout in person a future opponent. And not only has he done it for the last couple of years, there's even been proof that he's done it outside the conference. And there's even been talk that they've shared information with teams like South Carolina, which beat Tennessee last year and kept them out of the playoffs in order for Michigan to possibly get a better CFP opponent. Now, how much of that is true? I don't know. We might be stretching. That might be, you know, really reaching to try to 
you know, to make that true. But all I'm saying is that you're going to continue. I mean, we only we've only scratched the surface of what is actually happening with this and whether or not we ever find out, you know, the full truth. I don't know. But at the end of the day, you, you know, they you can deflect all you want and try to talk about, well, how much of this collusion and how much of that is so much worse than what they did. The fact of the matter is what other teams have done is not illegal and what Michigan did is illegal in black and white. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that they're the only football team in college football that is sending people to scout games in advance? My best guess is no. Um, so you're just I, thinking I, my, they're probably the biggest football program that got caught sending Well, not only the scouts. biggest, but they got to be the dumbest. I mean— Now, I can't argue that. Here, here's the, my thing, dude. I don't want anybody out there— It looked like they were hiding it. Like somehow when it finally got caught, everyone left and right every single day is finding more and more proof. Like they didn't do any— like anything to try to hide it. I'm going to put it like this, dude. I hope everything in the world bad happens to Michigan. I don't want people to think I'm sitting here defending Michigan. I am a certain way, though. I'm a way where, you know, I watch a lot of freaking murder mysteries. I watch a lot of murder shows. Okay. And I and I look at stuff from every single age. That explains angle, a lot about stuff, you, by the way. Yeah, it does. It really does. You know, I think about things from a lot of different angles that a lot of people don't think about them from. And I really like to have all the facts. And I like to know everything. Like, are other people doing it? Are other people not doing it? What are the coaches talking about? Like, are we just harping on Michigan because it's Michigan and they got caught with a guy and it's all over Twitter? Or are the other schools just not been exposed yet? Those are the questions that I'd like to know. How egregious is this? Because we all know that uh, college football and college sports in general is a cesspool of absolute crazy degeneracy, chaos, degenerate, yeah, cheating. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm just kind of – that's my question, dude. I Honestly – I, Harbaugh should be suspended, in my opinion, and now, not later, now. So um, we'll we'll talk about that in just a sec. But, but I just want to know. I, I I don't think I'm wrong for asking. What is the scope? You know? I agree. And, and and listen, I'll be thoroughly disappointed if, when finally everything comes out, that this isn't turned into some sort of Netflix miniseries because it deserves to be. I mean, I need oh, the yeah. background on Connor Stallions. I need the background on how all this started. I I want to see like all the steps that were taken. Like I am so intrigued by this. Like on one aspect, it's kind of like a car crash. Like I know I shouldn't look, but I can't look away. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want to know every detail. I will be glued to my TV. Uh, I mean, I'm checking Twitter more now than I ever have because I can't wait for the next thing to come out. Like, you know, even something that just happened the last couple of days is all of a sudden, you know, I don't know how, what truth there is, but apparently Blake Corum has an LLC with Connor Stallions out of Wyoming for some company, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. like what the hell is happening here? Like this is, I'm so intrigued and so entertained by this, but at the same time, I'm just so thankful. It's not us under the, under the microscope and it's Michigan. So first of all, I want to say this, that it was a, a coward move that they tried to throw us under the bus after their back was against the wall. That was a coward move. Yeah, they they tried to blame Ryan Day and his brother because his brother apparently no, used to work for the feds. When they threw uh, the Purdue, uh, Purdue Ohio State, and I think it was Rutgers. Yeah, all, all about teams. sharing signs. Well, yeah, I mean that's the that's the the thing but that someone that's that? caught red-handed because they're trying to deflect. Yeah, but what's the force rule in the hood, dude? You know, the snitches <laughs> get stitches. You know, that, and that's what I'm saying, dude. They they should go down for that alone. Like there there is a certain amount of. Michigan, okay, listen, like, I'm sorry, but Michigan are just a bunch of bitches. They are, dude. And I said I'm sorry. It. You know how it is, man. If you get caught right now, okay, 
doing this and and say that Michigan and everybody else that's involved heavily in college football knows that it's kind of commonplace, maybe not to the extent that Michigan was doing, but it's still kind of commonplace. Right. And you know, everybody else is doing it. Shut the hell up and take your medicine. Take it. You take it to the turf. You're the one that got caught. Don't be so stupid next time. And you move on. But that's not it. Michigan is trying to do anything they can to throw as much material as they can at the NCAA so that it takes longer for them to rule. And that is pathetic. Not only that, but they're trying to drag down as many people with them that they can possibly grasp onto. And they, they're they even trying to break down the Big Ten because the Big Ten has come at them, if you've seen recently, with you know their recommendation for what kind of punishment could possibly happen, especially under their sportsmanship policy. And apparently today they wrote them a 10-page paper stating basically – that, you know, you don't need to be preemptive and let, you know, the investigation run its course, which all they're doing is they're just trying to prolong it because this is Michigan's best chance at a national title that they've had in for almost forever. And they don't want to ruin it. Do you but think Harbaugh bolts at the end of the year? Before we get to that, let's talk about and I want to ask you, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the very near future? And what do you think? should happen in the very near future in regards to penalty because i think we can at least agree there's enough proof and evidence out there from everything we've seen that there's going to be some sort of punishment there has to be i mean there's too much evidence that is showing all of the wrongdoing that they've done especially the elite illegal part of it i mean i'm not talking about the gray area or the part that's kind of frowned upon i'm talking about actual illegal activity there's too much evidence out there so we know something's going to happen so what do you think should happen, and what what do you think sh- you know will happen? What I think is going to happen, I don't know. I think that the Big Ten is scared because I think that uh, if they were going to suspend Harbaugh, they'd have already done it. They would have done it. And if they wanted to save face, they'd have done it earlier. That way they could have got him back. They could have given him a two-game suspension and let him come back for uh, Michigan-Ohio State, uh, which I would thought would be the plan um, because you know th- they want their – two cash cows playing each other on national television in November. They they want that. So I don't know why you'd wait this long if you were going to punish him. That's why I don't think he's going to get punished. I really don't. I don't know that the Big Ten's going to do it. There's just too much BS, too much red tape, and too much things still in the air that need investigated for them to properly rule and give him suspension. What do I think should happen? He should be suspended, period, like they do with a cop. You're suspended without pay until we figure this out. And I personally think, and I'm sorry, do people may disagree with me. I think if they have the evidence they say they do, Michigan should be banned from the Big Ten championship game. I'm sorry. That's the way I feel about it. You slow down, you go down. You pay the price, dude. It is what it is. That's how I feel about it, man. So what do you say to the people that disagree with the fact that the players shouldn't be the one that are penalized? Because if you're talking about uh keeping them out of the Big Ten title game and potentially the CFP, you're penalizing the players well, when let me realistically ask you this. this is coaches that have colluded no, and have done and this. And let me argue with you here. I'm just I'm, – I'm not no, uh, arguing with you. I'm up, just saying what do you now. say to those people it that is the players. think that? No, that, the, well, they're full of shit. Watch the videos on the line. Who would you say was raising their hands that knew it was a pass play? Players too. All the players, right? I so watched they it, knew yeah. that they had the sign, did they not? Yeah, but what's Don't a player like going? Well, but what are the? But the players listen to the coaches. I mean, the it players are not matter, the ones dude. going out and colluding. They're just going along just with what the coaches are telling them. Because you're stupid, like Cheddar Bob. If you show up to a murder scene, you're still an accessory to murder, are you not? They are an accessory. You went along with it. You knew the signs were stolen, and you went with it anyways. So, f- you. 
You're yeah, but I, I don't think once you're in that position and you're an 18 to 21 year old, you're not going to turn on and be like, oh, guys, I don't know. This doesn't sound like a good idea. Let's probably not do that. Like it doesn't matter, dude. It, at the at the urgency of being cool, if there was a kid that did that, then he shouldn't go down. But everybody else should. I don't want to hear that. Oh, they're just an 18 year old kid. Were you at the murder scene? Then you're going to jail. Yeah, I mean, I, we we could split hairs on this. I, I can see both ways. I can see how these kids are not complicit, and they're just going along with what the coaches are saying. And then at the same time, they're aware of the situation and playing along. They're and lying complete. their asses off and, every and, chance And that's they the get. thing. That's the thing. Blake Corum, if it comes out that he really was involved with Connor Stallions in the LLC, and he says, I don't know shit about that. I mean, I I think this does go a lot deeper than what the you know the surface has only been scratched, but Let me I, I ask think you this. this does go deeper, and I think this is like a well-known thing within the program, especially I, I guarantee somehow the president is even aware of this. Well, let me ask you this: How can you make an excuse for the players? The transfer portal's here, right? Mm-hmm. You can leave if you don't like what's going on and you, you don't want to be a part of it. You can go, right? Yeah, but yeah, that's true. That that's absolutely true. I mean, it's a good point. So let me tell you what I think will happen and what I think should happen, because I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Now, what I think will happen is, and I know you said you don't think anything will happen this season. I actually think something will. Um, I think that there's still a chance, and we're recording this as of Thursday evening. I still think there's a chance that they suspend Harbaugh tomorrow, or if you're listening to this, it would be Friday. Uh, I don't want to interrupt you, but do you think – that the Big Ten, if they try to do that. Now, I'm not saying there's not going to be action. I'm just saying he's not actually going to be suspended because Michigan's going to file a stay on that, and that's not going to and that's going to carry him to the end of the season. So that's a good point you bring up because uh, first of all, you cannot, um, you cannot. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Appeal the Big Ten their recommendation for the suspension if it has to do with sportsmanship. So what you're talking about is an actual legal injunction that they would take in, in court filing. And what you do is if you do that is you le- leave yourself open to discovery, which means that the, the NCAA can then legally and the Big Ten can actually get Michigan, you know, to and find Connor Stallions and Jim Harbaugh and all these other and put them under oath. And then you're talking about perjury and actual jail time for lying. But and would it matter I, I just, if Jim Harbaugh's not an employee of Michigan at the end of the season? Absolutely. You still, I don't care if he's an employee or not. I mean, they're st- they can still call him under oath, and he would have to lie or tell the truth. And I just think at this point, you know, the cat's out of the bag, dude. Like, you just got to take your lumps and move on because you yeah, got to think of the betterment of the program moving forward. I know, but let, let me ask you this. Say say that they do that, right? And they do have to put a hardball in the stand at the end of this or whatever, right? What's it going to matter? If he leaves Michigan and goes to the NFL, what are they going to do to him? For him, him, yes. For the program. That's all he's worried about, buddy. I can guarantee you. For him, sure. But but he's not the one that's ultimately going to make the decision. Like the president's involved here, other coaches are involved here. Did Pete Carroll care? No. He's going to tell him, hey, this is not happening in our football program. And Hand look what God. happened to USC after he left. They've but been what irrelevant. To Pete Carroll, that's what you're not understanding. 
What happened to Pete Carroll? That's Nothing. Fine. That's fine. But you don't think Michigan's not aware of that with what happened to USC? Because that program has been irrelevant. Yeah, but then. if Michigan is being told by their coach and their staff that that is not happening and this is false advertisement, they might go that route. That's what I'm telling you. Well, I don't think that'll happen. I understand what you're saying. I don't think that'll happen. My, What I honestly think will happen is I think that they will catch him possibly tomorrow if you're listening to it today, Friday. And they'll suspend him for two games because that's what the bylaws in Big Ten says for sportsmanship is a two-game suspension, which means he'll be back for the game at the end of the year. Um, I do think there is a chance that nothing happens, but I'm I'm more thinking that that's what will happen. Now, what do I think should happen is I think he should be suspended for the rest of the year. Um, I don't think the team should be penalized. Um, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because I don't want any excuses. I want to be able to play that team this year, win, lose, or draw. I at least want to have a shot at them, you know, uh, so that yeah, way. But aren't you going to feel terrible if, if, if they did all this stuff, dude, and they play through the end of the season and end up having to vacate it and take away someone's playoff shot? How is that fair? I, I that's another side of it, too. And I think at this point you're you're talking personally. How do you feel about it? I mean, you know, I think their advantage has been exposed and gone. And at this point, if they're a good enough team to beat Ohio State and a good enough team to go to the CFP and win now that, you know, they don't have access to the stuff they've had for the last couple of years, then the team was talented enough. Now, you can vacate it all you want after the fact, but. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to win that way as an Ohio State fan, and I don't want to have to hear the bullshit yeah, down but I don't the road. Lose that, that oh, way. I don't either. I understand that, but I feel like we lost that way last year. You know, and, and you didn't ask me my opinion on that, and I don't think we got to that. But how do I feel like this affected the past two years? Two years ago, I agree. I, I mean, we just were not a good defensive team. We got rain all over in Ann Arbor, and it was what it was. But last year, I mean, you know, it, it's just so funny how when we would bring pressure, they would magically know to throw it to some guy that would be wide open. You know, the second we would give up on coverage and bring people home, they would magically throw it over the top and it would be good. And it's just so funny that, you know, somehow, you know, we, we were able to muster out, what, 20 points in the first half and scored three the rest of the game. And really, in the first half is where most of your scripted drives and once they make adjustments and they, and they they're catching these signs quicker, they completely shut us down the second half. And you've seen what C.J. Stroud's done in the NFL, and we know what he was capable of, especially seeing him against Georgia. I find it really hard to believe that C.J. Stroud's worst games as a Buckeye were against Michigan. I don't know, man. It's just something we'll always be able to debate and and kind of make up in our head. But to be honest, dude, we don't know the truth. That's why. While I understand that everybody wants action, okay, they do. They want action, and, and I agree, dude. I'm angry too because it probably costs us some things uh, that we don't even know about. But at the end of the day, man, I want to know the facts. Well, There's they a call, lot of listen, people they, they single-handedly cost C.J. Stroud a Heisman last year. If that if that's the case and it affected it that much, they single-handedly cost C.J. Stroud the Heisman. But yeah, but we but I want to know the facts. I want them to come out and say, these are the games they used him in. These are the teams they used again. We know for a fact we have him here, blah, 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 blah. I want to well, know. Well, hell, they used it against everyone. Hell, they were even scouting Rutgers. They used know, it. They didn't care the opponent. They did it against everybody. I know, Davis, but it's still just because some 
this whole posted Twitter picture online of some guy standing there in sunglasses. That's not enough for me. I want to know what happened. How'd they get there? How did he get on the sideline to begin with? How was he on Georgia's sideline to begin with? Are any of these photos uh, photoshopped? You know what I mean? What is real? Too many people, everybody gets online and reads something on Twitter or something like that, and that is 100% fact. And we all know that's not true. That is not true. true. I mean, that's fair. I mean, you you need to withhold judgment until we have facts. But, you know, I don't want to withhold judgment. I'm just saying I I don't want to be like, well, you know, break everybody over the coals yet before I know all the facts. I'm just saying, like, there could be stuff we don't know. Now, they need to be punished, dude, and they need to be dealt with. But I'm just saying the NCAA to me and the Big Ten are not doing due diligence in this situation. They have allowed Michigan to throw a bunch of turds in the air and see what sticks to the ground. And that. It's just not fair, dude. And and what they're doing is buying time. Michigan knows they're caught. They know they're roasted, dude. They wouldn't be doing this if they didn't know they were roasted. They're roasted. So what they're doing now is coming up with a contingency plan. And part of it's just throwing BS because there's no way the NCAA and the Big Ten can sort through all this BS in enough time to have enough facts to, to put out an appropriate punishment in time. And that's the truth. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, but I don't see any way possible that this this effect, this causes any postseason ban or championship game ban or cancels games. I don't see any any way that happens. So unfortunately, because, you know, you have to let some things play out. The only thing they can take advantage of is suspending Jim Harbaugh based upon the sportsmanship uh, rule in the Big Ten. But other than that, they're going to have to let, you know, the the investigation play itself out and there's not going to be any findings or anything that's even figured out till February, which is going to be long after the season's over. So unfortunately you're right. in the fact that, you know, what if Michigan runs the table and ends up winning the natty unbeaten this year and they did it unfairly. And then next thing you know, they have to vacate the national title and the big 10 championship and all those wins. Even maybe over the last couple of seasons, every player and every coach on that damn football team knew it. That's why I don't feel bad. But I'm not I'm not saying feel bad for him. What I'm saying is I feel bad for everyone else because this is the first time in history of college football that there's a team going through games that people already feel like they're going to be vacated the second they play them. Yeah, exactly. And that's not fair. So a lot of people. So that's a good argument for the people out there. that are saying, oh, don't punish the kids for Michigan. Well, what about all the kids that are getting punished by losing to Michigan while they should be suspended? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it goes both ways. You're right. I mean, as much as you don't want to punish some of these kids from Michigan because it may not be their fault, you're also punishing these other teams and these other coaches and these other players and costing them chances at postseason things, wins, uh, NIL money. I mean, there's monetary value losses now. I mean, you could literally probably because of NIL uh, with some of these teams that might lose and it might affect their NIL, you could actually probably sue them. Yeah, because there's actual this. monetary losses that can happen based upon these losses to a team that is openly cheating. Well, what if you're a team like, you know, just for instance, say Michigan State or whatever. Say they have one more win or two more wins, right? Say you lose to Michigan and making you not bowl eligible in your senior year. That would suck. Yeah. If you had a loss versus a team that cheated, you know what I mean? Like, I would feel cheated. And vacating wins isn't going to go back in the past and help out those players that were screwed on the other teams. I mean, everyone's getting screwed. At least if you do it in advance, like you're talking about, and ban them right off the bat, you're screwing Michigan. But at least these other teams aren't going to be penalized for it. Yeah. So I, I'm, you know, the more we talk it out, I'm kind of on board with that a little bit. But you know, there's a selfish part of me that wants to play this game this year, that wants this game to mean something, and I want them to beat. I want us to beat them. 
So that way we, we game, just take care of it on the field. Do you think if they don't get uh, punished or whatever, um, do you think that it's going to put a, a dark cloud over the game slightly? It's going to be slightly tarnished? Oh, hell yeah. I think, dude, first of all, I think we are getting ready, and I don't think people realize this, and we'll finish with this because we can go around in circles on this all day, but I don't think people realize that this might be the biggest Ohio State-Michigan game in the history of the entire like rivalry. Not only is there a high potential, again, that we're going to be both unbeaten again and ranked in the top three, but you are now talking about so much that is going to be coming with this game on top of it. And you know that as much as these players and these coaches try to shut this stuff out, it's not. And Ohio State's going to be coming into this game mad. I mean, pissed. And I just, dude, this is going to be a freaking battle. And I cannot wait for it. So, I don't know what your take is on that, but I just I have I have a feeling, dude, this is going to be like the hardest hitting, the craziest Ohio State Michigan game in the history of the rivalry. I mean, I hope it is, but I got to be honest with you. After what happened last year, I'm a little bit let down. Um, I really thought that after getting beat the way we did uh, two years ago, that we would have come out last year with our hair on fire and just wanting to slap everybody in the way. And that didn't really happen. Right, so, because they had our signs and they knew what we were doing. I don't yeah, care how hard you play if they know what you're going to do. If I say, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to fake you out to the right and then shoot it over top." I mean, someone's just going to stay in my face and try to block the shot. Like they're not going to bite on the fake. Like Yeah, I, get I what don't you're saying, care but what how you're much missing is that the, it wasn't it wasn't about the play calling. It was about the mantra. It was about the aura of the team. It was about the fact that we didn't come out with our hair on fire. I don't care if they know the plays or not. That doesn't stop you from smacking somebody. We did not come out that way, and we, we talked did. about it last we year. We did podcast. smack someone. We smacked them outside, you know, about four or five yards out out of bounds and got a 15-yard flag. First of all, that wasn't a smack. That was a headbutt. It was a headbutt. But you know what? Hey, his <laughs> hair was on fire. What else is he supposed to do? <laughs> All right, well, hey, real quick before we wrap this up, let's talk about our sponsor real quick, uh, www.additionalflavors.com. Um, and by the way, I haven't had a chance to even tell Davis this because we haven't chatted, but um, here in a few weeks, uh, Craig from uh, Additional Flavors is going to be joining us on the podcast for a small segment. Um, he's going to talk about his business. He's going to talk about uh, some Buckeye football, and we're really going to enjoy that man to have him on here and uh, let him tell you exactly why uh, you should be purchasing his product. Um, until then, though, check out the website, www.additionalflavors.com. Um, and you know, if, if you buy something, don't feel, or feel free to, uh, send them a message and let them know it was because of, uh, Davis and Chad. Right on, dude. I'm looking forward to that actually. Uh, yeah, I had no idea, but it'll be a blast. And I know we kind of carried on, but anytime we get talking about rivalry or rankings, I feel like that's when we could just blab on forever. So we apologize for rambling on, but you know, this might be one of the most significant things that we've had to talk about, especially with the rivalry, maybe in our lifetime. So it's something that deserves some notice that we've held off until now. And I guarantee you the story's not yet written. I mean, for next thing you know, I mean, this episode could be out tomorrow and Harbaugh could already be suspended. And maybe the next day we find out more information. So this story is not yet over, uh, nor is Ohio State's. We still have a big game this weekend, uh, hopefully for a big Buckeye victory over uh, the Spartans. Um, and 
like anything else we we talked about, we we want we want this team starting to play their best football this time of year. We want us to be as healthy as we possibly can because you know as much as we don't want to overlook the next two weeks, Michigan's right around the corner, man. It's right around the corner, so it's go time. So uh, we appreciate everyone. Um, you know our viewership numbers have gone way up, especially since our live episodes. So we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, those that Reach out to us and send us messages and comment on our stuff on Facebook and Twitter. We really appreciate that. Um, you can find all of our episodes if you go to dtipodcast.com. It's on our website, and we're on all major streaming services. So check us out. Uh, give us a like. Give us a listen. And until next time, guys, go Bucks. Oh, H. Oh, H.